Welcome to a new episode of Real Talk, Real Women. Today, we are honored to have the presence of Julie Faust, who is the author of The Art of Marketing, The Feminine Way, which is, by the way, how I got to know her. So she is a Grammy, meaning a grandma, a witch, a goddess, and she is a guide to women building successful businesses the feminine way. Today's topic is going to be domestic violence, the freedom breaker, and you're going to know why we start that way. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, it's an honor. Absolutely. All right. So can you please walk us through a super condensed and short version of your life so that people have the feeling they know you? Yeah, absolutely. So I was raised in a family. I'm the oldest of five. And we were raised very differently, the girls and the boys. And my dad actually said he raised his boys to get along in the world. And he raised his girls to be taken care of. And while I didn't consciously know that, I unconsciously took on that message and got married right out of high school to my high school boyfriend who ended up um, always being a little boy, like he never grew up. He turned in, even today, you know, the man is over 60, still a little boy, um, and um, walked into a relationship that became um, abusive. And he felt like I would say to him, we're equal partners. And he said, absolutely. As long as I have the final say in everything, <laughs> which was equal. <laughs> um, at one point we, he told me we were going to go visit his parents in Washington state. We lived in Southern California, grew up in Southern California. My whole support system was there. I was seven months pregnant with our second child and we got to Washington state and he said, I'm staying. If you want to go home, figure out how to get there. Um, he had the only income. We had one car, you know, it was really like I had no options, but to stay. And um, from there, it just became more and more controlling. And in my head, I was like, well, he's never put me in the hospital. So it's not that bad, right? Like there's not visible marks. So I can live with this. And you sort of become, people say, how do you stay in those situations? You yeah, right. That. I know that. 15 yeah. years, like forget it. Why? Like, well, why would you stay? And it's almost like there's a, um, our minds are amazing things. So there's this thing that happens in your mind where the incident happens and your mind takes it, puts it in a little box and puts it in the corner. So you go on and, and don't think about it. You become a divided person. And that's what happened to me. I became mm -hmm. a divided person. I was out in the community. I was a leader in the community. Uh, people would meet me. I, I ran our school board campaigns, our school levy campaigns, um, political campaigns. I ran an event for our community where over 5,000 people showed up in the fifth year we produced this event. And people would meet me and they'd go, oh, I've heard of you. You're you, her. And then I would go home and walk on eggshells. 
I go home and, and be on high alert all the time. And I damp myself down and hide myself so that I didn't offend him because he had to be the most powerful one and he had to be in charge. And he felt better about himself when he could make me feel worse about myself. So I became this person that had had two sides. Um, and it wasn't until I had some people that I was working with coming for dinner one night. And I'll never forget this because all of a sudden as I was getting everything ready, this thought popped into my head. Who am I going to be when they get here? Because I knew that if I was who they knew me as, then there would be hell to pay afterwards. And if I was who he wanted me to be, then they wouldn't respect me anymore. And I just remember sliding down the back of my, my uh, island and sitting on the floor and just being like in total shock realizing that I had become this split person and I thought I can't do this anymore and that's when I began to reach out and to find people who could help me all um, right so for you that has been the defining moment that question realizing that you had split between the victim and the victor and that you had to somehow reunite the two so that it can be only the victor Yes. And I couldn't be that and stay in that household. Of course not. Impossible. It would have been, it would have been dangerous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would have been very dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, and it took me another, oh man, it, it, it may have been even another year before I finally found what I needed to inside myself to leave. Yes. Um, I, I was working with a shaman at the time because then I went out and started looking for help. So okay. I found this woman who was a psychic. The shaman was next. So I found a psychic and a Reiki master. Okay. And I was deep in meditation one day. And I said to my highest self, but do I have to leave this marriage? And my highest self said to me, of course not. You always have choice. You can use, you can stay. And if you choose to stay, you'll die. And if you choose to leave, then you will finally learn to live a life. And, um, and I thought, well, okay, that's not a really great choice. <laughs> but that was when I decided to leave. And then it was about two weeks later that I moved out of the family home. A little bizarre situation. Um, and... Um, and, and from that point, really set about doing the healing work, um, attended classes, worked with a shaman, sought teachers, sought mentors, went to a series of personal development courses. And at the end of that, um, started running my own personal development courses, uh, met my current husband, never would have been able to have attract him with the person I was before, right? And he had done his own work. He had, he um, 
had come out of a marriage that was very unfulfilling and where they were really separate people. They were roommates living in the same house. And, um, and so he had had to do his own work for us to be ready for each other. Um, and, and that was, I met Brian 17 years ago. So it was like 22 years ago when I left my, my first marriage. And since then I have built this amazing business mm -hmm. that I adore. I, I remember, I dream every now and then by about going back to an office and I always wake up and go, why would I do that? The only downside of working from home is like you and I had a problem with the other cat meowing. Yes. <laughs> you know, I have, I have workers downstairs in my house right now. There's a little bit of noise, but I'm still like, uh-uh, not leaving my home office. Right. <laughs> Good. It's so good. I have acres and acres of wilderness in my backyard. I work with clients I adore. It's just that that moment where I said I was leaving, that moment where I finally said I'm walking out and I was so broken walking out the door. I was so weak. And then that was the moment where I began to create the life that I really was meant to live here and the life that I really, really adore. It's, it's so powerful. And I know the number of things you say that our audience is relating to so much. Because that's, that inner battle, we all go through it at some point, especially when we are in an abusive and toxic relationship. We all are like, okay. And that moment of weakness when you feel unrooted from your home, like with all the imaginary roots, like um, um, wiggling around and, and, and not really sure how it's all going to work out. Not even sure if you're still alive, but actually you are. It's like, am I alive? I am alive? All right. And now what? He's like, now what? That, that first year, it's as if all the rules of the universe have disappeared in that space between. And there's this great quote from a book called Warriors of the Heart. And I'm going to, I can't do the quote exactly because it's really long. Okay. But he basically says, every now and then I'm swinging along on my trapeze bar of the moment. And I see a new one coming towards me. And I know that's my next sta stage of life. And I, I pray with everything that I have that I can hold on to this one while I grab the new one. But I know that I have to completely let go. And I have to fly through the air with no net before I can catch the next one. And it is in those moments between where the only real growth happens. And when you're in that space of letting go of the old, and especially if you've been, well, I think this might happen in any relationship you're leaving, um, but especially if you've been in a relationship where, where you have really lost all of who you are, which right. I had lost much of who I was, that space between empty space feels like you're just hanging in the air. You don't know if there's gravity. You don't know 
Um, I remember looking at, at couples and going, that's not real. Nobody really loves their partner. Right? <laughs> you guys are something bad is going on behind closed doors because we looked perfect. Right. Like we were, we, one year we won family of the year. Wow. Community. And my oldest daughter, when we won, my oldest daughter was middle school and she just looked at me and said, what would they say if they really knew? Right. Right. Like it was crazy. We won a turkey. A um, <laughs> hundred dollars in a turkey, something like that. Um, so we looked really good on the outside, but on the inside, um, you know, it was impossible. It was domestic violence. It was abuse. And it was a freedom breaker. You did not have other choice. You did not feel that you had the choice to break free. Yes. And I, um, he had his own construction company. So it was my job to do all the back end for the construction company, the billing, the, you know, correspondence, keeping everything organized. And so even the thought of leaving the marriage meant leaving any income I had. Mm -hmm. um, at one point, I, um, there was a, another construction company who said, hey, you're doing this for him. We could use you, you know, a few hours a week as well. And he threw a fit and it became such a big deal. I never even applied for the job, right? So he kept me economically dependent on him, which um, made me, I, I used to think I couldn't leave. I have four kids. Like I will lose my kids. I can't afford to leave. And yes. it, that's part of the reason why my mission in my business is to get more money in the hands of more women of course. so that women have choice. Yes. Uh, and then I would think it's not that bad. Like he punched the wall behind my head. He didn't punch me. Right. I got like, that one too. Not too bad. I know. I know. I got that one too. It's so scary though, because then you think and you imagine and you feel as if you would have yeah. been hit in the face. Yeah. And I remember there was uh, um, all the, the, how do you say that? In the drywall holes. Exactly. The, 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 the imprint of his fist in the drywall behind me. My ex was stronger than yours. He actually went through the drywall. Oh my God. I had, so <laughs> I literally, and this is how, one of the things that we do, we cover for them, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I had the kids' pictures from school. I would frame them and put them over the hole <laughs> that he made in the walls. Like, Seriously, he made sure that it, when he put his hands on me, like he would shove me um, and like shove me through doors or shove me on the stairs. And then if I had bruises, he would say, you shouldn't have tripped. You shouldn't have fallen. Right. And it was this whole game. And in my head, it was like, oh. mm -hmm. remember one time, this is so bizarre when I think about it, he, um, we were arguing, I should have known, this was before we were even married, I think, or we had just married. And 
he reached up and he slapped me in the face. Okay. And I got, you know, justifiably very upset. And he said to me, I just put my hand up to cover your mouth so you would stop talking to me. You moved your face forward and that's why it hurt. So I always joke now that I slammed my face into his hand, right? Yeah, right. And then oh, unfairly gosh. accused him. But oh, that's gosh. kind of like what abusers do. It's never their fault. Nothing is ever their and fault. And they stay eight years old in yes. the head. They stay eight years old. Yeah. There is yeah. nothing to do about that. Say so we never grow up. They never grow up. Uh-uh. When... um the one time I found out about him cheating on me, I think there were more. I, I, I mean, the evidence is there. I just knew this one time for sure. And um, he said it was my response or my, my uh, fault. Exactly, because you did not fulfill him. So he had to find that elsewhere. Yes, I wasn't paying enough attention to him. I had three children under the age of six. And I was paying more attention to them than I was to him. So what was he supposed to do? <laughs> it's just like, and you live that and it starts to drive you a little crazy. And I think this is why we, we separate into parts because otherwise you actually would go crazy. Yeah, this is this dissociation that saves you from pain for a while. For but, a then while. It, but then it comes back and it's like, ah, no, it doesn't work. Still, it's still not that. Yeah. And I think I had come to the place where um, it was time for me to actually step into what I was meant to do here. Now, I'm going to bring something else into this. Okay. <laughs> Just popped into my head. Okay. So on a very human level, I can look back and it's been a long time, right? So mm-hmm. most of the emotional charge of it is gone for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he still sometimes will play games with my kids that I don't like, and that'll bring up some of the emotion. But um, on a very human level, I look at it and I say, he's not a very nice person. I don't want to be friends with him. I don't want to communicate with him, you know. But on a spiritual level, when I look at the gift his soul gave to me, mm-hmm. his soul before we were born. His soul said, I will be your abuser so that you can learn strength in this life. I understand that, but it's, it's still so painful. It's so painful. And one of the ways that I've healed it is to be able to look at it on that level. Mm-hmm. And then I can let go of my resentment. Mm-hmm. I can let go of... Um, you know, the, how am I going to get revenge thought? Right, right. Because I can say, okay, with gratitude, his soul put me in a pressure cooker. Now, of course, you know, I decided in my human form to stay in that pressure cooker for 20 years. True. Could have left much, much sooner, but it had to get really, really tight. Um, but, but it really taught me strength. I, I walked out of there completely broken and learn that I am powerful, learn that I create my life, learn that I create my results. And it was because I had this pushing against me that made me stand up and push back and say, oh, I really am a strong woman. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. And, and it was important for me to leave. I couldn't have stayed in that situation and learned that. Mm-hmm. It was important for me to leave. I mean, I, I, when there's abuse, I always say leave. You, you can't push back. I mean, really, abuse. really tried to stay to prove, no, no, you can fix him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But Of course. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's that push so that when things get hard in my life now, because I have a really great life, but it's still a human life, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know, there's still hard stuff that happens. We still just went through two years of a shutdown and, yes, you know, illness and COVID still running rampant. Um, and that created some, some issues, but I look back on that and I hold that and I go, and I create my life. So the world is broken open and things have changed and I create my reality. So how do I want to create it? And that came from recognizing that that the victim place that I had chosen for myself, he didn't put me in a victim place. I chose it. I could have walked out the very first time. Definitely. But I I realized too. Mm -hmm. And that I'm not ever going to do that again. I'm not going to be a victim too. A relationship, a boss, an economy, nothing. I'm going to choose whatever's going on to create what I want. Mm-hmm. And that's a result of this work I did after leaving and looking back and saying, oh, that gives me <laughs> that gives me something to push against. Totally. Totally. It's gorgeous. You know, I was thinking about that situation where you were put at first that broke your freedom and I was thinking with a huge uh, step back looking at that in hindsight you think why did you obey to not take his car why did you obey to not take the money you needed why did you obey to not call your parents and tell them okay come over and pick me up why did you and think about all of that because all of that are solutions that you you can think of when you are completely fine when you are completely right. safe when you are completely outside when you are not daily dealing with all this abuse but when you are in it you believe them when they tell you you cannot take my car you cannot take my yes. money and you cannot call anybody because you do not even have your phone because your phone is actually mine so as i am paying for it you cannot call anybody etc 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 and by the way give me back your clothes because i gave them and i give them to you it's like what i got that one <laughs> all, my, all my clothes were in storage because <laughs> right we went to his parents for a little vacation yeah and I brought my maternity clothes. So, oh, yeah. you know, I didn't even have my regular clothes. <laughs> um, I, I think there was, well, first of all, when I married him, my mother told me I had made my bed. Yes. I needed to lie in it and not come home. Yes. Um, so I didn't feel like I could go to my parents. Okay. Um, I was in his parents' house and I just felt this pressure to conform. Yes. And part of that... Um, you know, I I had been raised to conform. Yes. I had been raised that way. And then um, we had been married a couple of years at that point. And I had 
I had never experienced standing on my own. You know, I went from my parents' house to a married household, and I never really experienced standing on my home and at my own. And I actually didn't know how to do it with two kids. Yeah. You know, so I went through this whole disempowering thought process. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to hire me seven months pregnant. So I have no money. Uh, My parents aren't giving me money. Um, he certainly has very little money. I'm not going to fight him. You know, like I went through cause fighting him was dangerous. So I wasn't going to fight him for money. Um, so I really did go through this process of disempowering myself. Like it didn't feel like there was a solution at that point. I wanted to stay married to him. I loved him. Yeah, there is a so this other thing. I loved him, but he loves me, but I love him. And then it is actually completely toxic. It's like, yeah, but I love, yeah, but that love is not real love. That love is attachment, is expectation, is known, is what you are used to, is, but I always say I love him, so it is love. Is it? No, it's not. And I think for me, it was um, security. Mm -hmm. So I was willing to buy my sense of security in exchange, you know, I had to put up with a bit of abuse. (laughs) And I I say that not to to make fun, but I mean, that's how I justified it in my head. It was a little bit of abuse. I actually, just before I left him um, and I was working, I was running a committee. There were a bunch of police officers who were part of this event I was running. And one day I was in their office running a meeting. And when the meeting was over, one of the guys looked at me and he said, I want you to read something. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I got to go. And he's like, no, 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 you read it here. Because they had seen it. They had figured it out. And he sat me down and he gave me this little booklet on what is domestic violence. And it blew me away. Yes, yes. Um, and it was the inner ring was like, you know, he puts you in the hospital and like, you have no access to anything. The outer ring was just this ring of control. And every single box I ticked yes. that that was my relationship. Yes. It's really shocking it is. to come to that. Um, and I was really grateful. I had them looking out for me. Oh my gosh. They actually did extra patrols when I moved out. Um, they did extra patrols past my house and they, they said to me, it can escalate when mm-hmm. you move out. So mm-hmm. we want you to be extra careful. And I was really grateful that I had them because mm-hmm. I, I, there were probably, I don't know, five or six guys and women on the force, not just mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. that I was pretty good friends with at that point. Mm-hmm. So I was really grateful to have that kind of practical um, advice and support from them at that time. I think it's important that you, you, you know, whether it's um, you find a shelter or you find some, you know, somebody else to take you in. It's so yes. important that you, you have some kind of support system. It's and so even important. If you feel like you don't have a support system. There are support systems out there for women. Yes. And for men too. And for men too, yes. 
and for men too, because it's not just a question of women, it's, it's the violence, no, no gender, no nationality, no economic status, no nothing. Yes. Everybody potentially can be an abused perpetrator or an abused person. Yes, yes. So it's it like, yeah, women, yeah. I, I love to talk with women so that it's just like a straight talk between two people at the same level and with the same development so that it's really like, it's a free flowing conversation, but it concerns everyone potentially, especially victims hiding in plain sight. Yes. Like the family of the year. This is a perfect victim hiding in plain sight. Look, we're so gorgeous, so perfect. Yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly. Right. Absolutely. How are, they, how are they going to react when they find out? Well, they will say, oh, them too. This is how they're going to react. Oh, them too. Yeah. It, it, was, it was interesting when I left the marriage, um, how few people came forward to support me. Yeah, they were afraid. They were afraid. Everybody and, just. And then there is this other part like, is she telling the truth? Is she the abuser? What is going yes. on? And that is in the back of their mind and they don't say it. Yes. Yeah. It's like, is it true? Is it true? Is it real? And, and, and if I come to help her, am I going to get abused too? Whoops. Am I in danger if I just show a hand? Whoop. Yeah. And we know victims are not believed. No. It's, 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 it's not easy because especially with inner wounds, what are you going to believe? You yeah. run into a hand and got hurt or did he slap you in the face? Right. I don't That's know. I don't know. I remember talking to his mom when, when um, of course, he run, ran to his mom. First thing he did, ran to his mom. So she said, can we talk? And he's sitting next to her on the couch and I'm sitting opposite them. And she said, but does he do this? But does he do this? But does he do this? And then she turned to him and she went, you do those things? And then her head whipped back around and she said, it's not so bad. You can, you can just stay for the family. It's not so bad. And, you know, this was someone who had been a mother figure to me for 20 years to say to me that's not so bad that means that she is living in domestic violence with her husband that means that they taught they showed by experience their son how to behave and even if it isn't acceptable it is their lives therefore when she connected the dots she gave you the advice she gave herself. That's not so bad. I, I don't think there was, I don't think there's any abuse in their marriage. I know that she was abused as a child. I think for her, it was that her golden son needed to be protected. And she had protected him his whole life. And therefore, I think he got away with things and he got away with not growing up and acting out in that way. So I don't think that it, the behavior was acceptable to her. Mm-hmm. I think what it was, was I have to protect my son. And oh, that's okay. what snapped back in. 
into place for her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But she didn't say to him, you know, go to counseling, clean up your act and see if this will work. Mm -hmm, She mm -hmm, said mm -hmm. to me, protecting my son. And, And I think that's, you know, our brains brains don't want to admit that that stuff happens no we don't nobody wants yeah wow julie this conversation i think is super powerful i don't know how many people is going to totally relate but i think a whole lot because it's all the picture perfect domestic violence with tiny hits not the big hospitals one but just the tiny hits that are not so bad and they are all the freedom breaker. Yes. Yeah. They are all freedom breaker. This is why it's important to say it as it is. And to specify, 22 years out of this marriage and you have your best life ever. And you help others and you help women with their business, their marketing, their spirituality, their everything. And I do the same. After 15 years, there is another nine years that passed so far. That allows me to to be a voice on the podcast, podcast, to be in a published author, to bring forth other things, to live a good life that is worth living. And this is probably the most important of all these episodes. Get your act together. It's okay to live. It's okay to create a way out, to invent a way out. Yeah, exactly. Just because life just is happened. good when there is no abuse. Life is good. And even if you're not in business, um, I think the first half of my book, here on the shelf, the first half of my book talks about this story. Yes, I did. This is why I knew exactly who I was reaching out to when I called you. <laughs> I said, oh my gosh. So even if you're not in business, you can read the first half of the book. And um, let, let, me read, let me read out, out the title of the book again, Love-Based Feminine Marketing, The Art of Growing a Six-Figure Business Without Hustle, Grind, or Force. And I guarantee you, I read that book. It's like totally it, absolutely it. Perfect title that really corresponds to inside and indeed starts with your story. Yeah. It starts yeah. with your story. And it that's like, there. oh, you too. All right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Julie. Absolutely loved our conversation. Thank you for being here. Look forward to talking with you again very soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Talk to you later. Bye for now. Bye for now.